Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. Uh, my name's Dan Kennett, and uh, with me, we have a full house. We have a full house to discuss Liverpool 2, Wolves 2. Uh, first of all, I'm joined by our resident data collection, pressing data collection expert and video analyst, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Evening, Rhodesy. Evening, a full house for an FA Cup game. It's because we think it's the most important trophy, isn't it, boys? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're bored. <laughs> uh, and um, we have the dynamic sports science to you you just heard him he's our most practiced sports scientist it's he's fresh off the training pitch as always he's is it, even your shorts say have you got changed uh, i'm not jesus christ no i gave up my shorts yeah <laughs> mr when Simon the hair boys. went good evening say evening boys yeah and we have broadcasting direct from his ivory tower it's professor phil barter evening Hello. phil how are we doing, boys? You all right? <laughs> well, I've been better, mate. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, honestly. I think I'm we gonna... all have, to be fair. Yeah. Right. So, um, first of all, let's... So, we need, we're going to talk about the Wolves, and then we're going to do a bit of analysis about some some trends from the season, um, things like that. We've, we've picked up on our little bits of analysis. Um, so, without further ado, though, Sai, let's talk about... Um, let's talk about that Liverpool lineup. I say yes, that's the, what the pretty much one of the biggest stories out of this game, right? Well, this, the, the nine we've got nine first teamers starting, haven't we? Yeah. And the, the nine first choice players, and you've got a brand new star sign, signing to be a tenth player, and wedge in um, and young up and coming. Well, there'll be lots of arguments for him to be Virgil's partner at Canate. And then that's it. Like, this is our first choice team without Virgil, basically, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So you go into this game excited in that most people would be, and I couldn't care less about the FA Cup, but I, I you it kind of removes the whole, like, we're going to have problems with patterns and systems. And this is a team that should know what they're doing. Yeah, yes, we should. Every you know, is that it was either it was either first choice or first reserve, right? Yeah. And there was only one. There was only, there was only one player who might possibly had an excuse, and that was Gakpo because he was it's his day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but he he had a role that he is very very familiar with. Yeah. He just slotted into the the basically the the um, 
the the part of the for, of a formation that he plays in for PSV. Yeah. And Holland. So yeah, we, we would expect it. So we, we might find there might the opposition who aren't very good and had nine changes from the Premier League might um they might find an occasional hole within our formation. Yeah. But you should expect us to be um you know playing some some unconscious uh skill formations and passes. Mm. Sadly not so much. Yeah. Um, so as you touched on there, um, so pretty much in, in the tactics on our game plan side, you thought it was um, we were trying to do the same things. As we, uh, it, was, it, was exactly, it was exactly the same thing. Um, I think Gakpo was coming as the connector, the same as as Ox. So he was playing um, the Mane from. I there's a, there's a lot of talk about Bobby always dropping deep and um, and then the two wide players going forward. But Mane played as a connector a lot mm. of the time, a lot of his career with us. Him and um, him and Robbo, they very often had the most number of the most common pass in a game. And um, it was nice to see Robbo and, and Gakpo were right up there. So there, we always used to have that triangle, the, the um, Mane, um, Ginny, Robbo um, mm. triangle over that side that, that as a three would always have the most passes that um, uh, more than any other three on the pitch. And then we would get um, Trent and, and Mo down the other side. Um, and generally Hendo or, who, or Milner, whoever was on that side would, would kind of support. But um, uh, it looked like a, a very, very workable three down there uh, as a triangle down that side. Thiago, yeah. I think he was a little bit more tucked in, a little bit more um, covering um, de- defence first, um, blocking passing lanes. And um, I don't know what you thought, but I, I thought he was he was trying to play the um, uh, the negative transition block more in the last couple of games than I'd seen him before. He was getting ahead of the ball to go and press before. And the last two games he sat alongside Fabinho. Oh, Thiago. Yeah. 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 Um, Bart's quick word on Wolves. Um, New manager. Yeah. Uh, Lopetegui. They got him in um, before the World Cup, right? So he's had a lot of time to work with them. Uh, The squad on fitness and tactics and systems and stuff, yeah? Yeah, I, I think they're one of the worst performing teams in the league considering some of the stats that are out there. Yeah. Um, hadn't scored or scored 11, is it 11 goals all season? Yeah. Um, only two players remained from the previous game uh, against Villa, which were Nathan Collins at the back and Ruben Nevis in the middle. Um, and they changed from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-4-2 for some reason. Um, not sure why you'd do that against us. Um unless you were looking to stretch a butcher or a in on the right hand side he definitely isn't playing and um, who's the guy over, um, the Mexican up front Raul Jimenez uh, came in up front uh, probably your you big two names that people would know if you know it because um, Huang is it in and out as well coming back from injury so yeah it, it was a very changed wall side um, not expected to do much because the first team isn't doing a lot to be frank you know not creating a lot of XG uh, generally per game, not creating a lot of goals. Um, yeah, it, just a, an average to low uh, premiership side. So I think a bit like Sai said, it, it was a bit of a shock that we didn't create more, you know, in terms of our XG and our, and our chances, our clear-cut chances. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, well, we'll come on to that in a minute. Rosie, have you got any, uh, you got a match, match summary for us? Uh, pretty basic one. We haven't obviously got all the models put together, but I've got a couple. Um, yeah, it kind of shows a, shows a draw with probably the fair result, but um, that's kind of a concerning after the context you've just explained there that we're basically at full strength and they were completely rotated. Um, 10 shots to 11 in their favour. Ouch. Um, we had seven shots off target to there too. So they did test Allison, um, obviously with five shots on target to three. Seven shots inside the box each, 1.13 expected goals for us and 1.14 expected goals for them. Um, I thought they had a couple of chances. Obviously, the goal, the third goal that was ruled out, um, would have been high XG. Three big chances to two. Um, that again, that should probably have been three all. It's just just a complete and utter match summary of a draw. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> yet another yeah. Ro- 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 yet another match where there's virtually no difference in the performance of both yeah. teams. <laughs> and so, in those, ki- what did we say uh, back in that? You you can basically decide the match result by flipping a coin. Yeah, and uh, we we did we have three hundred and fifteen passes in their half compared to seventy five from Wolves in ours. But I mean, I mean, if you were to try and break that down into um, effective passes, you'd probably say Wolves had about ten really good effective passes in our half, and we had about five in theirs. So it's it's no good knocking it about. Relentlessly, like again, like we did against Brentford uh, when I was doing the press analysis, there was lots of pointless stale possession in that, um, and there was in this as well. And then when we tried to push forward, they just hairs on the break. So, yeah. Well, so, yeah, it, it, I, I wouldn't say necessarily it was a pointless stale possession. I mean, it was it was it was ineffective from us. And then as soon as we lost the ball, the opposition yeah, yeah. basically just kill us. So just wait for us to yeah. make a mistake, and um, yeah, just hit us long. Direct. Yep. Every time. All season. Yeah, all, all season. season. So let's let's just quickly talk about Wolves. Um eleven goals in eighteen Premier League matches this season. Um they've only scored two goals twice in the Premier League all season, and they haven't even scored three goals in any competition in any single match this season. Uh, and they are second bottom of the, um, or the joint bottom of the Premier League on the expected goals as well. Fifth, uh, less than one expected goal per game. Um, so they're, they're, they're a pretty mediocre team, albeit with a new manager. Um, and yeah, Barch, you've already alluded to it there. They, 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 had, they had probably had the better of it overall, right? Yeah, I mean, even the stats that we have got, I mean... Was it 1.14 XG? Beat us on like that's only about 0.1, but they beat us on the XG, they beat us on open play XG. Uh, they only just lost the second half XG, won the first to half XG. There's not many considering that's let's be frankly, they're a poor premiership side attacking wise. They've beaten us at home on XG, yeah, on five out of the four, five out of the six metrics. Yeah, I just just. I find that astonishing. I really do. Again, and as as, as Froti said, what they did with their passing, a bit like we said with Brentford, right? They were really efficient with the ball when they had it in the right areas. Walsh has done the same. They had 254 accurate passes to our 496 and yet out basically got the same XG. Yeah. That's that's concerning with yeah. with such a change. They even changed their keeper. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like they, they, they did, I thought well maybe they put left a player in the spine. No, they didn't. If they sent a half in, I think purely because they didn't have anyone else to come in, and they put Nevis in because if you look at some of the past matches, he literally is the centerpiece to their entire side. So you can yeah. kind of understand him playing. But everything else changed, and yet they still did more with their with the ball than we did. And we had, as I said, double the amount of, of actual passing. It's a real concern of mine. It's the second game in a row that the opposition have done more with the ball than we did. In terms of EPV, yeah? And, yeah, yeah on ball. Yeah. On the ball, everything, you look at it, it's just, it's shock- it's, it's getting a bit worrying to be fair, if it isn't already worrying. Okay, so say we've talked about there about the outcomes of the performance. Let's talk about the actual patterns of play and the, um, the, the, and the tactics of that first half because it was pr- it was pretty frustrating to watch, wasn't it, that first half? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. So are you there? Yeah, I was typing. Sorry. Once it got going, it was pretty frustrating. But for the first 10 or 12 minutes, we had a lot of possession. We created some really nice shapes, got into the box. Yeah. We got into the hot zone twice um, without really creating anything. Um, and then there, were, there was a little mistake that just it just changed everything, just changed momentum. That Matic mistake, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So what happened for the for their first goal almost happened just before that. And yes. um and it just just threw their brains off. Um yeah, I I it's it's like we're right on the on the precipice in the way that 3 years ago no matter what happened in the game we thoroughly believed at some point we were going to win. It could be the 89th minute and we need two goals. Every player on the pitch expected us to score those two goals. And now it's the opposite. Everybody, instead of expectation, it's, it's gone from stress to anxiety is that, is that we're not, we're not dealing with stress anymore is that we're constantly in fear of this stress might happen. We're, we're, we're totally anxious from the first minute and waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. yeah it's so the, you're saying you were referencing the mentality monsters period there, yeah. Obviously, yeah. And then, and now with the um, Klopp, Klopp is the the confidence is a little flower thing again, yeah. Yeah, bunch <laughs> of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you should see it happen, can't you? As soon as Matt makes that error, the whole tone of the game changes. Because I agree with Sorry, that first 15 minutes. I mean, I know past maps are uh, whatever, but our shape and our position and our volume and where where we are is the best period of the game, right? Do you think it's weird that um, there's obviously people jump off off bridges all the time at the moment with this nonsense because we're not very good. So, you know, it's the end of the world. But I've seen quite a few comparisons to the dark days of the Hodge, all by kids that weren't even born there, probably. But but it's not that bad. But I do see one resemblance. 
if you remember back, the the first 10, 15, even 20 minutes of a game, if anything went wrong, you could see Stevie. Stevie was the biggest baby at the time. That that he would just sulk. It was so yeah. visibly sulking. And then everybody around him would feel that way too. Like, however, we, we have a player in uh, Darby Ganti who's the, uh, our captain. And, and if she shows up, um, and she is like uh, effervescent and firing and she's going to go and snap somebody in half. Everybody feels the same thing. And if, if she is off, like it, it, there are just some people that have that. And it feels like the team have that right now. They go on the pitch already, already waiting to sulk. And some, the first bad thing happens, like a throwing goes against them. It starts the, the trickle down and it just needs two or three of those tiny little things to go against them. And they start to spiral and it becomes a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy in the end. Yeah. Do you know what was to say as well? I think you mentioned that first 15 minutes is, you know, the chance Gapco has, right? That's a chance that. When we were on top back in the day, we we were very good at seizing the moment. That was a moment there. We scored in. Like I just think we hulking changes. We're not very good at seizing that moment. We create something, it doesn't go in. We therefore get frustrated. And then as I said, the anxious thing comes in and we're just like, oh, do you know what? It's gonna be another one of the days. Yeah. And that's uh, after fifteen. After eleven, twelve minutes, the patterns are working. Yeah, gap goes that's, in. That's all you're doing. You, you, you're looking from a coach's perspective. We've created in training that uh, we want players to be in these positions and make these choices at, uh, it, to interchange with one another and, and the, the synchronization of he moves here at this time and he moves yeah. there because he's moved there and it starts to stretch the opposition. And the thing that we used to do, we used to be so good at was causing stress to the opposition's formation. And now we never do it, but we started to, to, to create pat, deliberate patterns, which got us into the box. And we used to, uh, we used to just carry on pounding that until they broke. And we just didn't, it kind of, it, we didn't score in the first 12 minutes. And then that was it. You just also, rely on somebody to do something brilliant. We're also not very good now at stopping the counter, stopping the negative. Before, let's, before, before we come on to that. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's definitely a thing I want to do. Let's just talk about, um, the the opening period, right? So if you're saying there, while while everything was okay for that first fifteen, what what was the shape parts and what was the pattern of play for us uh, on the ball? So on the ball, let me just get the right screen up. So we had uh, Fab deepest, Thiago the next deepest, if you like, and Henderson doing the right side thing um Gapko was operating in the left half space Nunes in the in zone 14 which is just behind it and Sato in the right half space really good positioning two full backs up supporting like level of each other in that period of time roughly we were stretching play we were moving it around utilizing in and out of Thiago and Henderson when he got on the ball back to back it was just keeping them contained and looking to create and stre- as I said, stretch the defence across. So with that Gapco chance, it went out to Trent, I believe. It got recycled. Mo recycles it. And then Gapco is in uh, you know, a five-yard box, takes a touch, takes a shot. But that is because we've got we've got them in the final third. We're in we're in all the right half spaces uh, and we're moving the ball and recycling them and going from left to right, stretching, moving it around, and eventually a chance came. And it's that is what we were elite at you know Nunes was didn't get on the ball but because he was staying central he was occupying the two centre halves 
Yeah. So when Gapco is then peeled off because they've, they've got pulled over because Mo comes into the same space as Nunes, they shuffle over, which leaves Gapco completely free. Okay. That and if and that is exactly what we would have, I would have set said we would coach to do for that period of time. It's just then that, as I says, we've said it just we just let it let it go and then the confidence went. Rosie, do you want to talk to us about the the mistakes then, and that you know, leading up to the what the first goal? How did you see it? Well, is it this first? There's a Thiago one, yeah. Um, he tries to he tries to uh, do a step over, gets dispossessed, and then Alison decides to pass it to their um, guy who's pressing him. It was. It looked like he could have given it. It looked like he had enough time to give it to Trent, but it was just. It's just. A, it's just an error, isn't it? It's, there's mm. nothing more you can say. Uh, I don't think it was anything to do with tactics. It's just lack of concentration or lack of um, execution by both Thiago and El- we know how good both of them are. Um, how many times have we seen Thiago do that little step over and just glide past a player under lots of pressure, even in his own half? Um, and we've seen Alisson knock it about like his Beckenbauer for for five years. Yeah. So it's just it's just one of those things. Yeah, I think wasn't this the most errors leading to shots in a game with Liverpool? Something like four. Was it four in this game for both sides? I think three one. I don't know, but I went. I, I can't remember it. Someone, it was, was two one, one as well. Yeah, they got two one. I don't think Matic gets one. Oh, he does. Yeah, sorry, thirty eight does get Matic gets yeah. one leading to an attempt. Yeah. Uh, do you want to describe that one for us, Bats? The Matic one. So that's before the Ali area, isn't it? Yeah. So it's exactly the same error as as, uh, as Ali makes. He's, his ball's rolled out to him. He's looking to just play it down into Trent and just doesn't see the Wolves player coming at him. And hits it straight at him. The Wolves player tries to go around him. Thankfully, Matip stays on his feet, doesn't do a EB with Brentford, and blocks the attempt. So it goes out, I think it goes out for a corner. Hmm. Uh, um, and then it, it, what was really weird was it was literally the same five yard box that only makes exactly the same error. It was just an odd thing. I don't know why. And it was in the same fight. It was just five minutes later, basically, it happened. I know, yeah, Tiago, we don't expect him to do that. <sighs> I'm not sure giving him the ball there is the greatest idea when Matip's already unsettled everybody. But anyway, it, that's by the by. It's, it's three areas in, in a very short period of time. I mean, if you think about it, we gave Elliot all kinds of abuse for his for his dummy last week from Allison's pass out. I mean, we've got to give yeah, yeah. Thiago shit as well for trying to do for the, sure. uh, the for step sure. over 20, 20 metres out, isn't it, you know? And also more central as well. Yeah. Like literally on the edge of the box. At least Elliot's was wide. Sort of near the touchline-ish. Yeah, yeah. But this just, you know, I mean, <clears throat> to get, for us to be, you know, Rosie, for us to be getting this sloppy, this close to our own goal, I mean, on top of all the other issues that we've got, this is exactly, we need this like a hole in the head, right? Y- yes, but I've seen Tiago, like I just said, I've seen Tiago do that and get past the player. And then we're on the break, we've taken out one of our players and Tiago yeah. got a pass on a sixpence and because I've seen him do it so many times well, I don't want to I don't want him to stop doing that if that's what comes in his head, because I think he's such a brilliant player. I think the matchup one's like slightly different. I think Allison is just a poor execution because we've seen him make that pass where he kills it around a defender to Trent a thousand times. So I think it's it, of think course right. in the context of the last few games, we're doing it a lot. Um and that feeds into what Sai was saying about the anxiety about the yeah, stress levels. So it's all it's all a complex picture, but yeah. But it's just 
Um, the thing that I find shocking, I think you're right, right, geez, and we should trust Thiago, but we we never used to make consecutive errors, right? Yeah. You'd be like, right, someone's made an error there, right, we'll just, we'll calm down a bit here and we'll, and we'll go and do something else. Whereas that's three errors in the same five-minute period. Absolutely. That never used to be us. It'd be like, right, someone's mucked up there, we'll just chill out for a bit and we'll go again. Not make another error and then let's make another error. It's, it's just exactly really the odd. It's exactly the same with pressing. If you make two or three failed presses in a row, always leads to a shot, seemingly. Yeah. Because yeah. it, three men being, three young players being taken out of a game in a, in a system where it's just going to create space behind them. And that's what leads to chances and shots and high XG shots as well. So, um, yeah, when you make consecutive defensive errors, it's going to cost you a goal if that is mm. how it works. Okay, right. So let's talk about the tactics. Let's talk about negative transition again. Let's talk about opposition counterattacks and direct play. Um, we've talked all season long about our vulnerabilities in negative transition, Si. Um, this game kind of crystallised all those concerns. We've all, we've had a weakness there all season. This match was a, seemed particularly egregious coming on top of the Brentford game as well. Um is it getting worse or is it just just this couple of games how and how what do you see now as 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 the the real things which are causing our demise within the game what what, what how do you how do you see the problem from you know how you talked about it at the start of the season well, I, I don't think it's getting worse i think it's probably got a little bit better but okay. in this game there were two huge egregious errors that cost us it wasn't it wasn't like a systemic thing um they should have had three goals. Only one of them was was remotely from the counter attack, though. Though they had a one on one that was that was uh, uh, from negative transition, just a ball straight over the top. Um, yeah, I, I, I see that where there is massive gaps in midfield, and midfield are either really spread out and wide. And our fullbacks are getting really, really wide. So what we used to have would would be the Christmas tree formation in that we'd have two players in, um, it, it, I, it depends, everybody has their own zones, but zone one and five, the, the left back zone that goes all the way up the pitch and the right back zone that goes all the way up the pitch. And that can be the fullback. It can be an eight, which is what City do, or it can be the wingers. But there is always somebody in those zones. And then the next slot in, two and three, there is somebody in those as well. Usually you have two players, one way or the other, uh, but vertically different. So the, you want them probably 10, between 10 and 15 metres apart vertically up the pitch. Um, and that doesn't matter who it is. City play with with fullbacks in there. We usually use uh, uh, mid, two, but two midfielders slot in there, and then Bobby often comes into in two, and then and then you block up the 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 players that move in the middle work as a pivot and go and press, and and one generally tends to cover the angle of the of the outball pass as well, and we we are not filling all of those zones all the time. So we're getting somebody on the from um, like zone one will show up in zone four and nobody's gone over to fill zone one. Um, and so there are always spaces for the opposition to pick through straight away, but we're, we're making regular pattern errors. 
if that makes any sense of the formation. So they, lots of rotation without anyone covering. Yeah, that's ostensibly it. But we're doing it at specific times so that the opposition know, oh, Elliot's this side. They don't even need to look. They can just switch. They know it's on. And I'm, I'm just like quickly, I shouldn't nail, uh, uh, nail Harvey for this, but like he, he, he's he been talked about as being over on the left-hand side. So people will know what I'm talking about, but it doesn't even need to be zone one to zone five. If just the zone one is is moved over to zone two and there's nobody in zone one, you uh, as long as Wolves are smart enough to leave their fullback out there, which they were, or a Dharma Traore who wants to rip your throat out, and looks like he might rip your throat out. And if you're a little scaredy bitch that we are, you're terrified <laughs> of it, even though he's not going to do anything because he's crap. But it, but he looks full of intent. He is, he is like the icon of football peril. Um, so if you're going to feel scared about stuff, he's going to scare you, yeah. though he's never going to finish you. He's PR, apart from when you talk about how he plays. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. you've yeah. always talked a lot in the past about being optional, be protection. Yeah, exactly. And, you, that. And, you, and you've and you've always talked about as well about even when you're building up, you need to be in the right shape so that you're confident that if you do lose the ball, something goes wrong, you're in a position so you can't be counted on, right? So we're all, can you explain how we've lost that? And my view, my reading is that we're too open. And we're almost like committing too early. So when we do break down, we cannot, we haven't got that protection in there. So how have we got to that state of first sight? I would say that it's it's a, a significantly down to mental state and panic. So I talk about causing stress to the opposition structure. Yes. I think we cause stress to our own structure by panic. So okay. we're playing the pass before... Uh, not before the opposition has managed to to recover their formation, but before our players have got into the the place that our system needs them to be. Yeah. So we're so we're playing the pass where it's it's less than optimal for um, the the chance that we're going to score from that opportunity within the next five seconds, and it's less than optimal that we've got cover if we lose that pass right then. Does that so make sense? So the model the really good example, right, is is well, I know we'll eventually get to the bullshit offside goals, but the pass that that Tiago made to Mo, it was actually a it looked like a stupid pass because it was never going to go th- get through and Mo was offside, right? But the structure was there so that he could take the risk. Yeah, just a quick just a quick one there before Bart's comes in. Um so what you're saying is that our model that we created that measures the possession value of each individual choice will be going off the scale negative at the moment, but no one's yeah. looking. At it, but no one's looking at it. <laughs> it looks like kids' football. Yeah. So yeah. I know Savage. I go on about having yeah. street ballers all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know I go on about having street ballers all the time, and people yeah. whine at me about street ballers, right? But street ballers don't understand the tactical nuance of where and when. Yeah. They play like it's a 90% shot all the time, a 90% chance all the time. 
And what like people talk about, uh, oh, this can be coached into them. This can be coached into them. The thing that gets coached into them is uh, uh, a hierarchical decision matrix. If you're in this position, you need to look for this, 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 and this. And if th- if this person's there, this person's there, this person's there, then you do one of these three things. Yeah, it sounds really on, complex, but that's how football. That's how all sport is. You look at uh, Thiago had a indifferent game, should we say? But even at the end of the game, Thiago is receiving it in whatever number zone you want to call it, uh, bottom right half space, should we say? And it, because of Thiago's ability and understanding of tactical nuances, he's done what Sai's just spoken about. He's counted the players in front of him and gone. Do you know what the space is on the left wing? So I'm going to ping it over to the Robbo. It's not a great ball, but because he knows that we are 2v1 over there, he puts the ball over to Robbo. He does it twice in the last period of play. Now, Robbo then puts a cross in and we're ineffective with our, with our delivery. But that is an example and why Thiago is still really important to us because he has that understanding, that knowledge about, right, they're the opposition over here. We've sucked the opposition here. I need to get the ball over there to switch it to the other side. Trent does it as well. It's just at the moment, for some reason, Trent's uh, carrying the ball more rather than switching it. But it's it's having that understanding of what the opposition are, where you're doing it, and then also having the ability to play that pass. Um, and I think that's the thing. I know cycles and street ballers, but they have all the ability in the world, but they don't seem to have that nuance of, rather than coming side here, if I just hold this space here, means I'm taking this zone up. Nabi, uh, someone inside is taking that zone up. It's more, uh, we're going to get a more effective play if we keep our shape in these zones rather than me try and take that player on. And the one thing I would say about Gapko, I thought he held his zones really well. I thought he was neat and tidy. Yes, he drifted off, but in some of the EPV shots and calculations and the rest of it, broken it down by 50-minute segments, he is in where we need him to be more than some of the other players who've played on that, that left-hand side. Yeah, it can, I, I find it can be explained the most easily in that what you were saying about space. Yeah. If a player can can make the calculation in his brain, if I stand here and don't move, and this is the most likely, this is this increases our odds as a team of scoring the most, I will stand here without moving. And that's what we did clinically better than anybody else in the country. And what our newer players do, they're playing for themselves first. How can I score? What yeah. what movement can I make that's going to get me the chance to have a shot? It's not team okay. first. So, so can I I just I'm not even saying it's selfish. I'm just saying that, that it, it's, it's how, like some people are ball-centric and some people are game-centric. Ginny was game-centric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can I just clarify one thing here, please? Uh, sorry. So... um given how experienced our team was in this match for the first hour, um, the only changes from when we were at the very, very best was, first of all, no Van Dijk, you know, Matip and Canate, um, and then Darwin Nunes uh, and, 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 and and Cody Gakpo uh, on the left. Are, are you saying that even two, two relatively new players in the front three can disrupt everything to this degree? Or is it, is it other things that, you know, at play as well. 
because it sounds quite damning what you're saying, you know, in terms of, you know, it makes it sound like we're a team full of novices. Again, we haven't learned what to do. We haven't learned all the movement, we haven't learned all the decisions to make within the framework, right? Which tells you, you know, you know, you, you coach these players a bit more and they'll learn that. But these are, these were, this was a really experienced 11. Yeah. My, my feeling is that one thing led to, led to this other, this change in psychology because, well, uh, there's a bunch of stuff, right? But when when Diaz, when we signed Diaz, Diaz yes. was tremendous with the ball. Yes. But but it changed the structure of the system. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. And, but his actual output with the ball, it made up for it or it papered over the cracks, the damage to the system. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but you take him out, you don't, or you, or one of those players don't perform like that individually. Mm -hmm. Then, then the value of the system just breaks down. And at the same time, if you, at the beginning of this season, we had three or four games where things didn't go quite our way at the same time as our system wasn't functioning and the psychology started to spiral. So people were starting to second guess themselves. They're making choices. I think uh, early in the season, if we'd have had uh, Thiago available, it might have made the, made a difference in the um, what you guys were saying about what he does. He he makes good choices, but he can hold the ball for for three seconds, which is a lot of time for a footballer to ha- to have possession at any one time. Or he can distribute it really accurately in in a quarter of a second. And his choice is nearly always the right choice for the team for to get the to get whatever's necessary for the ball to get to the the right right area of the pitch at the right time. Yeah. So sometimes he will need to hold it for three seconds because he knows where the other players are on the pitch and where they need to get to for the next phase of play. Okay. And there's always been this talk of tempo and like Henderson brings tempo, he increases the tempo, and he does. But but playing too quick causes panic, increases risk, and causes us to be counted on. Okay. So if I heard what you said correctly there, right? Say, for example, we had this 11 as they are, right? Took out Nunes and we put in Bobby Firmino 2018. Does that solve on its own a lot of the concerns that you spent 10 minutes outlining? No, because we're already at this uh, this diminished psychological state now. Okay. You need the midfield to go back to 2018 as well. In my opinion, the right-sided eight 
get another player in there, or you need to do something with that role. Okay, so let's let's let's, let's talk about the tactics then, uh, about um, So we talked last week on our pod with producer Guy yeah. <laughs> about um, about the difference between a third midfielder and a, who, who's and a, this new January signing you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> producer Guy is Cody Gakpo <laughs> yeah yeah oh dear me yeah <laughs> I mean three, you said, we said three actual midfielders rather than two against Brentford are the difference it made right yeah so you you, you were and you were and you talked a bit about the, the important the, the difference fundamentally in tactics between three midfielders and four forwards yeah, and and okay. Let's not, we're not saying that Jordan Henderson is a forward, but what you're saying is, is position position is almost that of a forward. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the positions he takes upon the pitch. Yeah, for me, for, it, him and Elliot play that right sided right eight role. I think fairly similarly. Uh, whether that's they are going by the the manager's tactics to the letter, and when Navi plays that, he isn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because Navi doesn't play the same role. Navi no. ends up more centrally supporting. Even in this game, he comes on and he was a lot more central carrying the ball, but in a central area. You didn't mm. see him up wide and right as much as um, uh, as Hendo. Um, and I just, I think that it unbalances our middle three. And, uh, and as I said it, rather than having a player in each of the zones across the pitch, with with Hendo and Ali Elliot playing that that right side eight, we often have three players in the same zone. Yeah, and for sure, Roti's probably got a bit on because he's watched a bit today. I'd imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Sarah's analysis there about the the really reduced, diminished psychology in this team and how it's evolved over the season over various uh, incidents is uh, is superb. It's just. It, I I think it's been a combination of lots of things and the volume of games last season. Um, the uh, changes in dynamic in the back room. Um, new signings. I'm not... I, I think with a midfield... So if I picked... And lots of people will disagree, but if I picked our peak three midfielders who I would like in our side with Diaz, Nunes... And Salah in the side, it would be for peak Fabinho, peak Nabe, peak um, Thiago, and I think with those three consistently behind Diaz, Nunes, and Salah would be really effective. Um, do you know? Do you know those those three have played uh, six hundred and forty eight minutes together? And they over the court. If you split their them into nineties, it will be two point nine eight points per game. Yeah, the, the, yeah. two point nine eight. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but we didn't. We didn't. We never, we never even saw it until I think it was the Benfica game, didn't we, last season? Yeah, Benfica was the first game. Yeah. I just want to just want to come to you on the roles thing, though. The 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 the, the third midfielder versus a fourth attacker. Say, I mean, you know, one thing that always strikes me from looking at the the touch maps of the of Elliot and Hendo is. How how wide and to the right they are, even in a, even in the midfield three. And I'm just because we're going to come on to he- we're going to come on to Trent and um, and, and and Mo in a minute. Um, I, do, do you do you can you understand why those two players predominantly play so wide, but also you know it's almost high and high and wide rather than as you know as a more interior player. Can, do you know what the what the rationale for that is? I, I think 
Harvey Elliott is a right winger. I think we think he can. We have created a system that allows us to play this tiny boy in midfield and utilize his skill set. Right. But the performances and the results don't back that up. They don't. And in any situation, when you have two of the best players in the world in their position and you're reducing their opportunity to influence the game because you're tactically accommodating somebody else, it's flawed. You're a fucking idiot. Um, And and I know there will be people listening to this about um, Harvey Elliott and they'll post his individual numbers from FB ref because they are good. His profile is good for a player of his age. And, progressive and, and, passing is great. Yeah. yeah. His yeah. progressive passing is great. But if Mo, if Mo Salah is 20 yards ahead of you yeah. and you so, pass in the ball, it's going to look like he's got a lot of meters. So let's, let, let's, let's do the Trent Mo thing, right? So, so for three years, they've been uh, amongst the, you know, they've both been in the three best players in our team, three or four best players in our team. And it's been the strongest link up in the side, right? Yeah. Both players, you've done a piece of work to show how far below their best on the ball in terms of contributions to the team going forward, both players are. Do you want to, do you want to give us a, um, some insight into that? Um, so this, this season against the previous four seasons average, Mo is is sixty seven percent of the t- of the uh, touches in the box than he's had. He is taking seventy one percent of the shots that he's taken before, and similarly, Trent is is sixty seven percent. He's only taking sixty seven percent of the final third passes that he had in, in the previous four years. So going back to eighteen nineteen season, yeah, like. They're not getting the opportunity to do the things that made us brilliant. We we have moved moved away tactically from the system that facilitated that. That's what it seems to me. But definitely the outcome is that they are doing the things that they're doing less of the things that made them brilliant. So I, I, I lost track of the number of times that we said over the years that the purposes of our objectives of our system has to be to facilitate Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mo Salah to be the best players they can be in our system, right? Yeah. Because Trent's our best playmaker, Mo's our best forward, yeah? Yeah. And, and everything has to work towards that. And um, is, is, is it unreasonable to say that we, we've introduced a way of playing that seems to be doing the opposite? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. It happened. It started to happen at Christmas, for sure. Um, I think we went through a period the previous season where um, I, I think it all happened to do with Mane and Bobby, the positional differences of of them. It had an impact on how the, the rest of the, the, um, the system, the formation interacted. Um, and it got Trent the ball um, earlier and... It got mow the ball less, um, and that's just not what you want. You like our biggest, our biggest playmaker in the in the attacking third is. I know people will say it, Trent, but but per, per XA, it's mow. 
and per pass into the box and per um, chance created per XG chain per hundred touches. Yeah, is most 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 nearly as good a playmaker as Trent is. Trent's just slightly better, but Mo's like one of the you know top five in the league as well. You know, but in, yeah. both of them play in our system on the right hand side. Yeah. So how we do? You remember we used to talk all the time about the S shape. Yes. And we used to build interact down the left hand side, and then quickly switch to the killers down the right-hand side to either create or create the final um, phase. And and that very often might culminate in one of the runners of of, Mo, of Mane or Robbo getting down the left to do something at the, in the final phase. But all of the good build to get into the final phase would be from, from Mo and um, Trent. And that is just not how we're setting up the game at all anymore. I, I, I love Tiago and I'm starting to question whether it's him. Him being in the team has caused all these other knock-ons. Yeah, or when, or it's just correlation rather than causation. Yeah, yeah, could be. Um, I think it's probably that because he's so brilliant, he could do anything. But thoughts on um, all the things that we've talked about there, the position in the team, being off option B protection, the imbalance to, to, to the opposition counter-attack and then, and then the on-ball stuff as well. I mean... Do you, anything you want to contribute to that one? I think I think so is right. I, I I can't fathom why you would change the system in such a way that you'd nullify your two best attacking players. By 30%. By 30%. Yeah, I, I, I can't get my head right. Also, the stat you posted today, Dark, I thought was quite damning. Uh, is it Mo's lost, is it 82? Well, how many tackles oh, have you lost? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. I think says he's he's receiving the ball higher up, which means he's more crowded by defenders, whereas mm. like Saiz just said, he was often receiving it you know, five, ten yards further back, which means he gets a bit of a run, whereas now he's receiving it with a defender already on him. Well, well the good news is is with with the I'll level of the level with the level of your R dashboard, you could probably look into Salah's um dribble. I probably can, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it's, yeah, it's, you, it's not uh, even just it's not sorry, it's not even just um the further back or higher up. <clears throat> it's quicker. Yeah, yeah. So, so Trent, yeah. Trent yeah. and Moe's connection, which is down more than forty percent from from 18, 19, 19, 20, there are 40% fewer passes between the two of them. Yeah. Um, the, that pass would happen. It would be the outlet ball, wouldn't it? The ball would yeah. get to Trent and he would ping it and it would be 40 yards to Mo. Yeah. And that way the opposition weren't set and they didn't have two or three players hanging off him. Yeah, and that's. And we remember, I remember us talking about this after the Newcastle game, which we actually won. And I remember saying to say, well, you know, Salah got bested by Dan fucking Byrne in duels. I mean, but then, yeah. you know, Sai was making the point, you, know, you take too long to get in the ball and, he, and Byrne's got support from Botman exactly. and bloody um, Sean Longstaff at the same time. So it's like a, a three-on-one gang. <laughs> but, yeah. but you know what's also, this was the first game this season that, you know, I do a breakdown of where we, we do our XG, that fast break has come up as a, as a category of XG production. Wow. Wow. First game this season on my dashboard oh. that fast breaks come up. So just just on what people were talking about there who aren't on AI Discord, um, there was the article from Paul Joyce in the Times, and he basically showed that Liverpool have got the lowest dual rate in the league 
Um, and I just wanted to give it, I try to give a bit more context than that yeah. because duels, optiduels, so there's many. Um, first of all, there's aerial duels, and we're, we're mid table, we're pretty much, I think we're 11th for mid for, for aerial duels as a team. So it wasn't mm-hmm. that. Um, but ground duels are, are both attacking ground duels, which is dribbles, and defensive ground duels, which is tackling, and, and also fouls. So fouls, fouls are duels, and you know, you can have one lost on those as well. Uh, and there's a few other things thrown in as well. But yeah, Mo Salah's dribbling is down at thirty percent successful dribbles this season. I mean, you what as any any attacker worth their salt is wants to be over fifty percent successful dribbles. Sixty percent um, is best. Yeah, sixty percent yeah. is best. Yeah, um, and but I guess you know if if he's trying to take on two people, so he's you know he's the last chance of succeeding. And he's I mean, always from a standing start. Yeah, and he's been yeah. tackled eighty-two times, and that's only in seventeen league games. Eighty-two times he's been tackled. When you don't get fouls given against you, it's harder. To <laughs> it's almost five That's tackles true. per game. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, some of the, a load of those should have been fouls, but yeah, yeah, it's just symptoms of a problem, though, isn't it? It's like all symptoms of the same problem. It's like we've yeah. paid this guy a record amount of wages a week, and yet we've created a system that he's not going to show why we're paying him the money. I yeah. don't, I don't get it. Sorry, yeah. I don't think I don't understand it. So. Okay, before we talk about the positives, um, mm. solutions? Darwin. Drop him? No, 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 not at all. Give him the ball more. Oh, right. So he actually... Just stretch the play, just stretch be- the play. Technically, he's way better. Like, it's, it's like... It's like we see... It's like you sign Crouch, you have to launch the ball to him in the air. Yeah. You've got this lad... And he's that big and that fast. The only thing he can possibly do, be involved in in the game, is the final phase. And so yeah. all you're trying to do is slot the ball over to the top so he can outrun somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Or knock the ball <clears> up <throat> to him and he'll hold it. Maybe he will. Who cares? Why can't, like, technically, he's really good. I some of the some of his playing uh, against uh, against Wolves really really surprised me. The way the so he's definitely not he's definitely not a Regi, he, he's never he's definitely not a Regi plus now is he then side he's he's moved on from that now is he? I, I think he might be. Yeah, but, <laughs> well, his output is very a Regi plus, but but <laughs> yeah. I, I think he might actually be better than that. Yeah, and if Good. you can if you can build using actually eleven men rather than ten and hoping he's just going to get get a tap in because he's missing the fucking tap ins. Like you're just playing with it with ten men, unless he might do something, involve yeah. him in the game. It what that's going to do is then then we've got two attackers that the defenders have to bother about instead of just putting three men on Mo. Um, and it, at his best, we had Mane, Bobby, and Mo. And it took three years before Mo took all of the defenders to one side, and then Mane just started scoring. So if you're saying. One solution there is is, is to, to better utilise Darwin's strengths, right? Then to do that, one of the ways to do that, you'd think, is that, you know, you'd play a slightly more conservative style, you know, potentially you'd build more, um, you know, in, in, in deeper positions and then you'd be less vulnerable to negative transition, but you can also play more direct pass, you know, and direct balls over the top to Nunes and in the channels, right? Well, you got what you're saying is that you 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 want to keep the ball deep and and make the opposition come out so we can knock the ball over the top a little, yeah, yeah. I I don't think they'll come out. No, they don't no, care. No. They're still playing Liverpool. It's we've tried to do that and they're just not coming out anyway. Yeah, um, unless you've got an opposite, unless you've got a manager like you know Villa, you know that that. Yeah, just, but well, I think the yeah. I think he's better with the through ball. So the problem I think we're playing, we're trying to play him in like so I said over the top, but it's from deep. That's really easy to defend against. 
So we are not utilizing, for me, you are not utilizing the space, uh, whatever number you want to call it, it's own 14. We're not getting a technically good good enough player in there to play a through ball either with, if Nunes is out wide or in four. Because if you play a through ball in, Nunes gets onto it, he takes a shot. If you give him enough of those opportunities, he will score. It's just that we're not getting the player significantly enough time in that area to play yeah. that ball in. Yeah, he's still taking he's he's still taking three two shots more than he did at Benfica and three yeah. shots more than Moe is. So let's feed right the ball more he's, into he's him. He's taking like that. Mo shots. Yeah. yeah. Or um, you rotate them round more. You rotate the three round. But I think if you play him, I think if you involve him in the build up phase, I think if he plays much more closer to Bobby's role, he's fast enough to get onto the end of the get at uh, the end of passes. Yeah, he's absurdly quick, but that's yeah. not all he is. You can't forsake the whole way we play just Damn. to make a through yeah, ball. Yeah. That's fair. because through balls are so rare in the game. Yeah. You yeah, might make are. four again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. With you. So I just, I thought he played. You know, when he was playing in the Mane role, I thought he played well. Then I, he was yeah. more involved Fine. on the wide. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but we don't have any, anybody to play through the middle. No, I mean, we haven't got any play. If we put Mo there, we haven't got any play right. Do you know what I mean? We've just signed the left wing of Gapo. So it, yeah. it's just, I think, I actually quite like this three, if I'm being honest with you. I, I know it's really limited sample size, but that, seeing what we've done in that first period of time, I was like, do you know what? This, I could see how this could work. Okay. Um, I thought you were going to, um, I'm really surprised that you said um, Nunes. I, I like that side. Didn't it? I, that was one of the last things I expected anybody to say. That's great. Um, but um, your solutions, um, any potentially involved in midfield ch- changes or tactically or personnel? So, so I, I, I've made no bones about this. I I would change the right side eight role. Um, I, I I would play Naby there. It's fair to play him. Just say, for example, right? Say say it's still Hendo, right? Would could, would you still change his role? Yes, I would. I, I'd what would you change? His, what would you change that role to? Operate more centrally. And so deeper. when and deeper, yeah. So it's you know whether you call it a box or whatever else, but with what was happening with Ox, he was coming in and playing in, and then Naby would there be a box with Thiago yeah. and Fab like that, right? For me, you get a lot more out of that. Yeah. Uh, we can make runs in and out from there. Gapco is doing that a little bit as well, as well as holding the space wide. He was dropping in intelligently and he was also working backwards, which so, I quite like. Are so you saying I that would... Henderson's, Henderson's role would be primarily to play in his own half and covering Trent going forward? I would, you know, when the both eights pretty much not, I'm not saying exactly the same because the left eight was always slightly deeper, but there was a lot more symmetry between the two eights. That's what I would do. I wouldn't ask the right eight to go and play high and wide. I just would, I would stop that right away. I'd yeah. get him out of that zone. The only wide zone, uh, I think it's cycled its own one would be for the fullback or Mo. That'd be, that'd be who's in there. I wouldn't, for me, I'd tell the right eight, stay out of there. You're in the inside half space or the set on the center zone in, in, in front of goal. That's, that's me. That's what I'd ask him to do. Okay. Roti, any thoughts on that before we move on to the good stuff? What what's the good stuff, Dan? I haven't got any two good goals, stuff. two two goals in seven minutes. Um, well, solutions um, systemically, I'd say I I would try and link it to what so I was just talking about with the linkage between Trent and Mo. I'd play Thiago as the right eight um, a lot. Just keep him there and see if those three can um, create more volume between. Oh. Ball. 
from the pressing uh, perspective, Rosie, because you, you collect this in detail, what what do you think is the change that you, we need to and you know get a better overall pressing performance than we've seen? Can you can you pinpoint anything that you might do? I I'd, one thing I'd say is a uh, consistent defence. I play the same four as consistently as you possibly can. Um, whenever you get the chance, regardless of rotation, regardless of how many games they've played. Mm. Um, I just think we need to get that back in, as well as the holding midfielder. So whoever's going to do it, if he's fit, he plays. So the, the back five is is settled. And with that, like like we were just saying there about Thiago creating more for more, if he's if if you've got if you've got more and Nunes to pick from as passing, if you've got if you give Thiago those options on that side, mm. as well as Trent to his right, um then that volume can, could increase and that's when we was at our best. Yeah. Regarding the um, things you've said, a bit, you've, you've talked about the trends in, in failed presses and leading to yeah, shots. Well, and stuff. It's, it's the biggest um, reason. Yeah. And what, what do you, what do you see um, as, the, as, 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 as potential, you know, you know, you've, you've, what, what, what would you recommend as potential tweaks to that? Well, just to outline it, Dan, I think everyone should look at it because you could do your own press analysis while you're watching a game. See how many times you see a group press, which is two or more people together pressing one player. It's so successful. It's miles more successful and efficient to do that. Um, but isn't that what what Sai said? Be an option B protection yeah, because yeah, you're absolutely. in that you're in that position, ready to do it, aren't you? In, in a group, we, yeah. we, we used to talk about hunting in packs. It creates chances. Hmm. That's what, that actually came from Klopp's Dort, uh, Dortmund, didn't it? Hmm. Um, there's a lack of cohesion again that links in with the Nunes and Diaz stuff and Elliot coming in and lots of changes in defence and lots of changes as a holding mid it's just causes you problems so if you haven't got that um, it's going to be huge but again we're not creating as much from pressing but we're also conceding I think or it seems to me when I'm doing the pressing conceding a lot more um, some of our stalwarts like Fabinho who barely made failed presses in crucial positions are now doing it on a regular basis this season it's, yeah. it's mad yeah. Henderson's yeah. consistently done it since I've been collecting which tells you a lot um, haven't seen much from Nabe, obviously and Thiago, to me, is one of the weirdest pressers I've ever seen. Sometimes he's the best presser because he's so quick and once he gets the ball and releases it, it's amazing. But then sometimes he seems to make that decisions or time it wrong or mm. something and leaves a lot of space and plays exposed because he believes in his ability to win it back so much, like he does with everything in his life, that he... he, he when he makes a mistake, it does expose us. So every single midfielder I've watched this season and analysed doing the person has, I think, had increased fails. I don't know if you can check that. Yeah, down. it's true. It's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, there, and there's your key. Yeah. That's your link between, if you've got new players in your front three pressing, then there's going to be a lack of cohesion. That's yes. normal, natural. Definitely. More gaps, yeah. Yeah, so then you're relying on your midfielder. We're used to it. We've all done it. Every single player I just spoke about, apart from Elliot, yeah, is. So they should be better. They should be doing better. Yeah. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. 
Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Okay. Um, Moji, um, stay on the line. Um, let's, talk on the about line. The, let's take a test of the highlights of the match. Let's, let's talk about the highlights. Let's take a talk about the highlights of the match. Um, our first goal, absolutely fantastic. From, from your favourite player, what a ball! Well, yeah, it's a, a miscue from one of their players, I think, um, straight to Trent. And uh, what's that? Is two? Is that two? Two of the most ridiculous assists. I think he's had. Is he had three assists in his last three games? Or he doesn't uh, even break stride, though, does he? Oh, it's unbelievable. And he's running. He's running at near. From, it's a brilliant run from Nunes. If you like, if you watch the replay, he's miles behind, and obviously that's what Sai spoke about picking players out who can. This is not. A, this is not a counter. Well, it kind of is a counter attack, but it's the fact it's a cross, um, and they had plenty of players back. Um, but it was just the pinpoint nature of the pass, and then a uh, good old, a good old shin. A ship controlled shin into the bottom corner. <laughs> I liked him. I I thought it went where it went where he was aiming. Yes, it, yes. You could see it was like a putt, wasn't it? Aiming a golf putt to a the, the hole. It was. It looked like you could see where he was trying to put it. Okay, it didn't come off the same body part potentially, but it definitely got was. Got to give him a benefit of doubt, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it came from our throwing. In the left yeah. area. What? How did the Wolves? Was it? Was it just Wolves player playing it over the midfield into a mistake? Yeah. So yeah. we we throw in. I think they contested duel, and then for some reason he does exactly the pass that Thiago would have done. Uh, I.e., what we've just said about knowing where the space is and pings it out to Trent, who's in miles of space. I don't know why the Wolves player is doing that. I think he miscues it or something, or expects. So their whole pattern of play was to win it and then hit wide, hit a runner wide, and then supporting the support two down the middle, which they did quite a lot. Um, so I think he was trying that, just completely miscuse it. As, uh, as Rosie says, Trent picks it up and puts in uh, a wonderful ball and, and a great finish. But yeah, comes from our uh, throwing. Yeah. And then say si, we take the lead, say si, um, through, oh, you know, Wolves' mistake, but Mo, Mo puts it away nicely. And now he's within 10 of Steven Gerrard. Can you believe it? Crazy. You'd expect him to crush that this season, wouldn't you? In, and it'll be in, in, um, what well, he just, he just passed Kenny in, in like, uh, basically three and a half seasons, fewer minutes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's quite good. It was an unbelievable touch once it came down. Yeah. It, like that was spinning like yeah. a motherfucker. Um, and so calm under pressure, under four players around him, he just, just took it, tucked it away. Um, and he would have known as well. There's no way in the world that he he didn't know that he was offside. 
um, because despite the rules, you still know that you're in an offside position, and then yeah. you, you'll go through that. That uh, is it going to be given? Is it not? All of that will be going on. This maelstrom in your brain, and he just—he's just so cool. Took it away. It's great. And you think at that point, given the experience and all that bullshit that Klopp um, has talks up over the years, how uh, how important it is to have game management and all that shit. Um, how we were absolutely disgusting game management after that point. Savage. They also um, made three subs, didn't they, Sai? Yeah. They freshened <laughs> up the midfield. Yeah, they brought their good player on. Yeah, They, they, went, brought- they went, right, okay, we're, um, our midfield against yours, go on then. And, that, and then I think that's quite pivotal because for their equaliser, uh, again, I, I don't mean to pick on the captain, but he does leave Wang. It catches him up and then just stops again inadvertently. And Wang goes on, receives the one two and puts it in. Mm. But it's the period before that they changed the whole midfield, and then they start getting back in and they outrun us. I think. Yeah, it's the same problem. And and we kept team. we kept we kept that formation too wide. Yeah, so there, there were two huge gaps. Yeah, so there were like four occasions in midfield where the ball just got passed through or so over. A yeah. massive, like, 50-metre 50, 50 square gap where there was no midfielder. And this is where, it's size right about game management, is the right tuck eight, in. tuck in, sitting, like, we're 2-1 up, we've got, uh, what is it, 30 on the clock, after 30, 35 minutes on the clock, just sitting for five minutes, sitting, wait for the sub, because they would have known it had been on the hour mark around there, and then we'll go from there. Don't concede. And they didn't. They just kept being wide and open down that side. They brought on three fresh players and completely exploited it. It's annoying to see because we used to be really smart about that. Yeah. And it was a bad goal, wasn't it? Oh, is it Canate OG? Uh, I think it's like Canate. Yeah, Huang got it, I think, yeah. Did he? Uh, yeah. I, I think the three touches and he went in Canate. It doesn't matter, does it? No, no, no. no. It just would have been two and two for Canate. It's a, it is a bad goal. Yeah. And there was another one that easily could have gone in afterwards. Yeah. What, the disallowed one? Yeah, no, 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 no. Just another that went down this exact same slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Can I ask a question to Rosie about the, um, the, our second goal, Rosie? What do, you think of the, what do you think of the current version of the rule in that? I think it's. I think that personally, I know we benefited from it, but I think this is. I think it's really unfair on the defender, because yeah, it's it's rubbish. Yeah, it's from the point the ball's played. That's how we all learn the offside rule. Yeah, come on. It's and this whole thing about it resetting because he goes for it and he and he and he botches it. Uh, you shouldn't be taking the um, <clears throat> the execution of a pass as a ruling on whether. It's offside or not. So if because he because the pass is too short for Salah, um, then the defender gets a chance to make an effort to intercept it and messes it up. But when the ball was played, which is the rule, which has always been the rule I've known, but now now it's changed. Was, was this one of those ones that was changed during the COVID season? One of those tweaks that was done uh, then? Oh, I'm not sure on the man who shag on Dale Johnston's feet. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. do you know what this is so odd to do? Right, it's it's set up to um, if like if there's a through ball and a player and a defender stretches to intercept and knock it back to the keeper at the same time, that is what it's set to override. 
Oh, right. So if it's a deliberate pass back to the goalie as an interception and the, and the, the, um, striker has read it and he happens to be offside, but he's read it so he can't pass it back to the goalie. That's good football. That's just smart. That's what it's for. This, but this is just, it would, he would not have defended it. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah. If the lino puts his flag up straight away, he would yeah. not have defended it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He just and let he, it go. And he's only a young kid, isn't he? It's just, it's such a silly yeah. rule. I've said it like 50 times yeah. and it's gone in our favour. Yeah. Is that the same, you know, side of the Champions League final? The yeah, it, with, with Fab. Yeah. yeah, with Fab. That's the same yeah. rule, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, same yeah. rule. Yeah. Because that was inadvertent. Inadvertent. And also, I hate the fact that Ben Mee last week, handball for me is handball. Yeah. Oh, God, I couldn't agree more. Um, and then Rooty, and, it, and it, this is an interesting one. I don't think we've seen before um, where the linesman does put his flag. This is for the disallowed goal. Does put his flag up, right? But yeah. then there isn't enough evidence to overturn it. Um, everybody thinks that the line might be wrong, but it's because he's out of shot of the TV and all that, right? But I don't think we've seen. I don't think I've seen that one before. No, I haven't. Um... This is this is. It, but why it, did the lino put his flag up then? Why? Well, he's supposed to. He's supposed to imagine for. He's supposed to. Yeah, leave. but I guess the, the whole thing is mad, isn't it? They do. But they this, put it up. They this, don't put it up. This is a goal. He's behind play, isn't it? He's just made a mistake. The line has made a mistake. I don't know why he's not overruled it. I thought the evidence was there. I, I thought he put the line up for the goal scorer. No, no, it was for Nunes receiving no, I know, the ball back I, out wide in offside position, wasn't it? Yeah, Nunes took the line corner. Out. Because the lion is looking at, I think I thought he'd put it out for the goal scorer. The lion put it out for that, not its receiver. But maybe that's it's what there's might up. Element. Yeah, but if it hasn't happened, the line off, the line off doing the offside for that the VARs to check. Yeah, I know, but hasn't this happened at Anfield before? It I was it was Saka goal last year, but yeah. it, it was because it was because the the VAR didn't have the right angle for his offside. Yeah, same so. as this. Same as this, they didn't have the right angle. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's garbage because there was there's it, it never looked offside and the there is video footage from like fans in the ground that were at, at the right uh, in the right yeah, of the line yeah. and he wasn't even close to being offside and if you look at how deep our defense is there was like two and a half seconds where he was deeper than the defense by which stage the ball had bounced out and he couldn't have been offside anymore from the angle he came at to get the ball back it was just a mistake, and and we were really, really lucky, or yeah. not dependent on your position or your situation. It, yeah. Well, can I just say that Opta have coded it as a Mateus Nunes offside? Did yeah. they? Okay. Yeah, that was the official. That was the official line, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But you saying you're saying the lino put his flag up for Nunes, and it was wrong decision. He was Should wrong. Yeah, he was yeah. no way he was offside. Which is really weird, considering the lino's never put their flag up for anything. Yeah. Yeah, but FA Cup's different, isn't it? Isn't it no. different rules? Right. Okay. Was it a lower league? Um... Yeah. I, no, no. I just I think don't think you got to remember they have different rules for the cups than we do in the Premier League. I don't think so, dude. I think we, not. we we literally get at at it, an academy girls gets the, told, the referees come and tell us this garbage nonsense about offsides. But you wouldn't have seen that in the Prem, would you? I I just think he made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I just think he made a mistake. Yeah, and, fair. and anyway, we do have a replay now to look forward to. That's the most important <laughs> thing, isn't it, Sai? Oh, yeah. So exciting. Magic of the... But, but in that, 
We've got we got <laughs> six we've got seven games in forty eight days. Mad. Like that's nothing. We've had we've had uh, I think uh, one point last season we had uh, sixteen games in forty nine days. Yeah. Uh, like so we've just got this period of no football okay if you want to give us another game yeah fine like so we can actually Klopp yeah. can't go Klopp can't go oh my god but but like yeah. the season's incessant because it's not right now it really isn't the planning I said it that when Gags and I did the fixture pod at the beginning of the season um, I pointed out this ridiculous concertina that happened before Christmas and then afterwards mm. just dissipated um, last one from um, site. Um, the other side of the um, Paul Joyce piece in the Times today. Um, Joyce is just about the most credible Liverpool writer out there now. I think it's fair to say, um, and he um, he he made it pretty clear in his match report that it's a case of um, can't not won't from the players. It's not like he said. He, I think he was clear that it's not the players. It's not that the players are not listening to Klopp, it's that they can't execute what he wants them to do, which is basically what we've been saying all season, isn't it, Say, si? Yeah, it's pretty much that. I like. I thought you were actually going to go somewhere else with that. No, no, uh, Yeah, uh, can't, not, won't, I think, is it? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. My my feeling is that, it's, that there is a little bit of both in the, in the same way as, as in any human uh, interaction that you get bored after a while of hearing the same stuff. How many how many ways can Klopp... Don't tell me you're not bored with listening to his at post-match... Com, uh, post-match... Uh, <laughs> zoned out. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Like, anymore. footballers do this. And footballers, I promise you, footballers have a much lower um, attention span than the average person as well. Like, there's no way, and no way that they're sitting, like, intently going, oh, the boss knows how to fix this. Like... What 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 do we need to do now? Like they're not. Um, it sadly that we're. Uh, I don't see how we're not coming to the end of this. Whether it's whether it's next season, whether it's hopefully it was just it would just play his time out. Like and we might have a few good times, but this group of players are not going to be inspired by the same coaching team in the way that they had been previously. It's just, it's just against human nature. But what I wanted to, what you were just saying, I wanted to highlight that in Klopp's career, um, we have never seen him create a a third team. So he always leaves after the first recycle, if that makes sense. So in the two previous times, year seven, he is, he has gone through that three year coaching cycle twice. And then left as it failed the uh, the third the, on the third cycle, which is now right. But he also has so the quickly the average league across the top four t- um, leagues in Europe, the average age of the of the most used twenty players is twenty six point one. Yeah. Yep. And we currently are 27.9. That only it sounds like one and a half years, but that's massive in in league terms. That puts us right at the top. This is like Watford from 5 years ago when when they just had really old players from the championship. 
Like he is never the oldest team he has ever managed before was twenty six point six last year. So well, I think what Sai's saying is I think the recycle ended at the end of last season and then Pep Linda should have taken over at the start of this season. So <laughs> <laughs> if if he had if he had a different assistant, then then I genuinely might there may have been some validity to it. But wasn't his contract supposed to end in the last season? Who? Clock. No, it was it was, it was originally the end of this season, wasn't it? This season, yeah, this seven seven years, wasn't it? Yeah, he's okay. in his eighth now. Well, I think so is right. I think there's a lot. And, and again, we don't want to talk about it, but Fergie always changed the voice in the dressing room. Always yeah. changed the voice in the dressing room every three years. There's yeah. a reason for that. And, and, it, and, and it's not it's not just about being the voice change. No, no. It has to be the right voice change. That the players respect. Yeah. And and Pep's been through this. Of course He's he been through the cycle. He's also been... The, also, Pep's not a new... I'm not going to get, the, get there today, but I'm just saying, like... Pep started with us, went away, came back, right? He's not a new voice. But yeah. he's also, but this is the end of his cycle, is what I'm saying. Yeah, he's yeah, and that, been I know. I just, some people say, oh, he's only been here a little bit of time. He hasn't. He's been and come back. So the players know what he's going to say as well for the same length of time. Yeah. And I'm not pinning all of the no, issues no, no. On, on him either or anybody in particular. I think he definitely, the the change in, in whatever the, uh, the internal goings on, <laughs> Um, is is one of the 450 different things that have come down at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, can we leave on a positive? Um, um, Bart, so you wanted to do you, you overall, you would kind about Cody Gakpo. Yeah. You like, you like, yeah, to... no, I, I like, it's a very, come on, it's a small sample, as you know, no, better no. than anyone else. But but no, I, you can just, uh, you'll, have to, you'll have to use the eye test as well. I, I thought from the eye test, he supported Robbo. Okay, from the off. Yeah, he supported him really well. I thought he took up intelligent areas. I thought he was tidy on the ball. And I thought, yeah, I thought he was he was touch. He, for that that chance in that 15 minute, I thought his touch was nice. I opened his body up and had the shot. I just thought it was it was a good exhibition for me that he's he's gonna be I, I think he could be a, a good fit for us. Off the ball, I was I was just surprised. I just didn't think he from the discussions we've had before the game, I was like, oh, he might not do anything. But to see him running back and supporting Robbo in the right areas in the right manner for, on his debut, I, I was I was I was pleased. You know? Um and he wasn't doing the things that Diaz annoys me about is not making the right decisions. When he had the right areas, it might not have come off because he tried a couple of passes that didn't go right, but he was making for me the smart call. He was attempting the smart ball. And and that was very pleasing for me. So I am pleasantly surprised to see Gapco playing there. Excellent. And um, and on that bombshell, uh, we will be back after the replay. We'll be doing for a double header of Brighton and Wolves. Until then, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.